All right, everyone, welcome to the Ryan Ripkin Show. Um, we were trying to get Instagram going here, episode 38, by the way. So uh, we have a full house here before I explain what's been going on, because to be honest, I don't know what the hell's going on. But we're going to go around the room real quickly. We got Rocco back in his chair. Rocco, you can roll your sleeve down there, bud. Huh? Which one? Oh, my goodness. He's just too <laughs> swole. It's going to break off. Oh, and really, what? No. Anyway. You're a good kid. And we got Zach back. No, no hat, hat, Zach. No hat. I just had to put my earbuds back in after I, we we panicked a little bit as the countdown was going. I'm not going to lie. If people could see behind the scenes <laughs> here, Zach was right next to me here trying to turn off the volume. So the Instagram live was going live through the computer and it was just causing complete chaos and we didn't know how to own the chaos. So maybe that's a good segue for Brad. Where are you? What's up? There he is. Oh, baby. <laughs> I saw I saw uh, uh, Zach scrambling around back there. I don't know what that was all about, but I guess we'll have to chat about that later. Yeah. But we are live on Instagram the, as well. We're all live on, on sure The pressure uh, was big when you see the countdown going until we're live, like on screen, and we were trying to figure out how to click any button to get off the sound. And you just kept saying it was like, 19 18 i was like i gotta go back to my seat yeah it was a shit show to say the least and we're gonna figure this out people we we are uh this is holy shirts and pants um a lot of things and my brain's not properly functioning maybe as well as it should right now is, is it ever yeah i mean sometimes it depends but you're right it, it, your your guy here took a quick 24-hour trip business trip some would call it down to to duval down to duval county jags ravens it was electric i'll dive into that but as always we got a lot to get into um and if you're new to the show welcome uh ryan rocco is that well there he is rocco you were on air so don't worry about it i was so confused what you were doing uh, over there what are we talking about well i was just saying for anyone that's new to the show welcome we <laughs> and if you're new like to it uh hit that like and subscribe button we do this every Monday and Thursday. We're going to keep adding on. We got a lot to talk about, though. We first off start off with a lot of spicy topics around uh, really the sports world. And then we're going to jump into, we're going to take a ride on our Adams Jeep segment around Maryland, talk about Maryland sports. Obviously, the Ravens and Jacks played last night. The Orioles, there's a lot of news recently. I think people want to hear about that. Uh, some people call it an early Christmas gift for the Orioles. Uh, and we'll dive into that. You guys probably all can guess what that means. And uh, then we'll go around the NFL, and there's a certain Ravens quarter, former Ravens quarterback that's still just slinging it, both good and bad. Uh, and he's helping those Cleveland Browns up there in Ohio. Uh, but I guess we'll start off. Where do we want to start this off, guys? Should we go story time? Story time? I think story time. Everyone wants to hear the Ripken story, though. No drip home run trot story. Okay, can we get some context with this, though? So you called me out. Very well. Okay, this all started when Rocco on Twitter. What was it? Friday, Friday or Saturday? You posted a video of one of Ripken's home runs from Norfolk. Was it? Was it Norfolk? Was yeah, it? it was. It was your only first and only home run that season. Uh, great, great year at the bat for you, bud. Would you bat like two hundred five? I don't. I don't sub, sub two. You know what's funny is that <laughs> I can get shit from a lot of people. From you of all people. Yeah. That, would you like to explain your career batting average, Rocco? Just, just my career that. batting average? I mean, it could be looked at one way or another. It's either a zero or a thousand. No, it can't be no, a thousand. This is this is the shit I'm talking about. And this is why, by the way, 
This is Rocco sets a great example for it. He's going to call out baseball is, is hard. And you're right though. It was my only Homer in Norfolk that year, but the context was I got roasted because I hit a home, my, my home run and I smoked it. I hit it well. And I didn't have enough swag, swagger run around the bases. Is that what you're calling me out on Zach? It was disgusting. There was not a single bat flip. No players were disrespected on no, the home run. Not, shot. not a single like, Chain pop, he didn't like hit like no. a shuffle step. Yeah, no, no, no third no base rock, paper, Sally. scissors for the third base coach. Yeah, there was nothing. And then the worst part is he gets to home plate, he just steps on the plate and walks away. There was no theatrics I've never seen. Yeah, just, way to hype up your team there, Chief. Um, no, there was just no what year, swagger. What year was that, Rip? It was 2021. And by the way, by Let's the see. way, here for a second, Brad, you're hearing all this, right? I know you're not, yeah. but you can hear this. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, well, it, while you find it, so the context of it, I'm a big believer. If you're playing like dog shit, I, I have no right to back it up. And I was not playing well. I wasn't playing every day. And I couldn't get into a rhythm. But regardless, if you're not playing well, I sure as hell not going to act like on, on one that I finally get a hold of that I have the right to talk. So I just put my head down. I went around the bases, um, hit the ball 108. Sorry about it. And that was it. That was it. I know you're trying to find the video. The story behind it, by the way, it was in Memphis. We played the the uh, Cardinals affiliate. And the night before, I actually played, and I had a – I got it. You got it? Oh, thank you. Oh, the video? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got it. Rip, by the way, you hit – do you want to know what you hit that year? Do you want to take a guess? It's like 180, 70. Ah, it's 167. There yeah. we go. There we go. Tommy has three strikeouts. First pitch to Ripken is a swing and a high fly. Hit deep to right field. This is a no-doubt shot. On the Hopefully those kids are okay. <laughs> Ryan Ripken's Look at this. Not a single celly around third. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Nothing. High over the wall and right. <laughs> Did you high five your third base coach? Yeah. Nothing. I'm just. You did high five your third baseman? No, he high five. He did a very. Casual. I, I gave a. I gave a. Yeah, it was a, it was a low five. What the hell yeah, is yeah. this talking about here? I just feel like more people should have been disrespected in the home run. Yeah, especially I, I if it's your agree. only one of the year. Well, I, I would have probably stood it. Look, I'm. I, I'm. I'm a, a, a kick. A, enjoy fucking ripping, <laughs> ripping, rip as much as the next guy. But I don't really get. One. I don't really get this. Thank one. you. I, I just like, need more swag. I grew it, up in a. How did he know, know that was going to be his only home run that year? That's. A, that's, that's why you have to hit treat every home run like your only home run and disrespect <laughs> the other team where do we <laughs> well I, i'll say this what i just keep thinking if you, if, you watch, if you watch the video i look at it in the sense of when i hit it and the pitcher knows exactly like oh shit i messed up that was for me the, the satisfaction and uh i appreciate even rick, rick said with it uh acted like i've been there before is mainly like okay well yeah been there before but also when you're not playing well you do not go out in the field and act like your shit don't stink personally I like and that. and like that's just how i am dog training plus thank you appreciate it this you know do you want me to tell you the damn story you're just gonna keep ripping me well no get to that i will say though first off i did not realize you had that someone pointed out that high of a leg kick i was i was actually impressed by that oh and, uh, oh the the hip flexibility for your guy was impressive i you got it up you, there i was very i did not it must have been hard to like time a baseball with like you had to um, imagine imagine when we get the monitor in here and i get to demonstrate with the camera and I can really do the, the, the full body angle. I'll reenact, uh, recreate the leg kick. Rip, did you know that was gone off the bat? Was that a no doubter for you? Uh, oh, no doubt. 
Right. No doubt. And yeah, you didn't stand there and watch it. Okay. Well, I, I hit it. <laughs> you talked to me when you hit a ball 108 off the bat there, Zach. All right. But the story, the, the story behind it real quickly, just because, first off, baseball is so damn hard. And that's why I even get so much more uh, locked in or dialed into when I see guys struggle. And I get it. It's their jobs. It's your professional. Like, you know, if I didn't keep my job because I didn't play well enough to earn that right. Right. That's the reality. And that's the profession that we're in. But to do it is extremely hard to, to play baseball, to hit a ball is so hard. But the story behind it, I was going through a rough time. I, I was dealing with uh, a personal injury and also I, I was pissed. You know, I, I wasn't playing much. I wasn't playing well. And I was so disappointed in myself. And I kind of and this is the reason why I'm telling the story. I had a kind of, oh, woe is me attitude going um, where I was like, you know, everything's going wrong. And I actually remember me and my dad got into a heated conversation then because I was pissed off. And, uh, you know, essentially sugarcoating it, it was, you know, what are you going to do about it next? You know, screw it, you know, and excuse my language here. Not really, but fuck it. You got one choice. You either can let that all affect you or you can move forward. And that night, I remember I sat in the clubhouse, one of the last guys just had my sliders on and I just did, I don't know, 300 push-ups and drank tequila. <laughs> so, so I, 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 I just kept, I would just do rotations, take some tequila, just sat there and just kind of thought. I'm like, all right, this did you is put in a spray bottle, like the Gatorade thing. Like you did like 25 push ups and like do the squirt bottle, like the tequila straight into the. Hey, the guy's trying to tell a story here. How about you, uh, Rocker? Can we keep it in check this is a for a few talk seconds? Show. Continue, Rip. We'd love show. to hear the end of this story. Thank you. So, Thank you. so I'm sitting there, Sorry, I'm sitting there, and, and I probably stayed for, for, two, three hours maybe after the game. And I just, I had nowhere else I wanted to be. And I was really just kind of reflecting on what I could do. And so the next day I said, you know what? No matter what happens here, this is my reset. And I woke up the next day though, because I hadn't tried to do, do 300 pushups in a while. And when you're in the season, you're not trying to, you know, bulk up getting stronger. You're just trying to get through it. I was so damn sore. Uh, you know, I was sore in my lats. My OBs were tight, obliques. And uh, but, but I had a, a freeness in my mind of saying, you know what, whatever happens, happens, but I'm going to go under my terms and do it. And, and I'm going to continue to put my, my best foot forward. And sure enough, first pitch I saw of that game, I got to play the next, that game, uh, hit that rocket out. And I'm like, damn, uh, if I can just keep that mentality all the time now, and obviously as Zach pointed out of Rocco, I didn't hit yeah. another homer the rest of the year. Thanks rock. But I'm just, I was just stating facts. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to be this feel-good sentimental story, and now I feel like an asshole for it. Thanks. Oh, my God. Thanks a lot. So. Well, you know what? It makes sense. But that's the thing. I <laughs> guess for what, I, what I've tried to focus on so much more is it's mindset. It's about – and I know that sounds corny as hell, and apparently I'm Mr. Corny, according to you uh, guys. Yes. But it really is you have two mm -hmm. choices in life. You can either get pissed off and say that you're being victimized by what's going on or, hear me out, you do some push-ups, you do some tequila, and you get back to work. Because that's really the only thing you can do. And that was something for me when I look back. I don't have any regret for my work ethic and that and how much effort I put into it. And that's something I'm proud of. But one thing I do regret is that I wish I didn't go and let little shit bother me every single day. And that's why in this stuff, why we do this constantly, it's kind of – I feel like I prepared myself for this career in some cases. Like yeah. I know that, that sounds stupid maybe, but – that's that's where I'm going with this. So um, 
How yeah. often did you work out in the season? Like, what was, like, obviously you have to keep some sort of regimen, but, like, how, like, often were you actually physically going in the weight room trying to get, were you trying to even get strong, like you just said, or was it more just, I want to keep what I have going right now? Um, It really depended on what you what felt right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in 2019, I hurt my oblique badly. I missed six to eight weeks. I actually, when I got back from the injury, I just didn't really work out. I just made sure that my body felt good to get through the rest of the season. Uh, but typically, you want to try to get two workouts in. Uh, it's kind of varied. You know, starting pitchers have their own cadence. Same with relievers. Yeah, twice uh -huh. a week, twice a week. Um, you know, but I'll tell you what, that's that's when uh, really the, at the end of the day, and that's the reality of you, you're not trying to get stronger during the season. You're just trying to maintain your ability and strength during it because – you can, you're not going to go lift the house. You're not going to go and, and do all of that. You're just trying to make sure that you don't break down. That's essentially it. Um, ironically, I, yeah, I broke down a couple times. But, you know, that's a part of life. Um, enough about the Ryan feel good. Maybe no one feel good. You know, maybe my trot, no trot. Let's talk about some other topics here because we had a lot to talk about here. Uh, first spicy topic, and I think we want to talk about it because it's entertaining in the sense that I don't think the guy that tweeted this out thought that this would go where it was. And I'm talking about a former NFL player, Richard Mendenhall, Brad, kind of put out a, a, a tweet where he felt that he was being criticized on how his performance was and other people judging players. And needless to say, this conversation went, in a million different ways, and it is now spreading like wildfire on social media. This is the tweet of the year. I mean, we're look, we're about what a week and a half away from the from the from 2024, and and this is actually the tweet of the whole year, without in a my doubt. Opinion. Without a doubt, Richard Mendenhall came out and tweeted just just went after went after people, specifically white people, and ended up saying that I'm sick of uh, of of the. Uh, White guys commenting on football. Y'all not even going, uh, not y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the pro ball with all black versus all white, white bowl. So these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football. I'm better than your goat. Uh, I, I just happened to find this interesting picture here on the left. As you guys can see, this is a super bowl yeah. versus the Packers. And that is actually the white clay Matthews knocking the ball out of, uh, Richard. Hands. Yeah. I saw that, uh, picture on underneath the tweet a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, he, so it started off as just the, this conversation. You can tell he's pissed off, and yeah. But what happened was now everyone's commenting on just really like it became an entertainment aspect. It it he tweeted I think out of frustration, and like even later in like his next tweets, he talked about how you know he's just frustrated with people, kind of like what you were just talking about people talking down and like criticizing these players and athletes that haven't been there, but yet so many guys, the Will Compton, JJ Watt, they took this and it became this, wait, who would start for this, these teams? And they, people have tried to create rosters and it became this whole life of its own and just a, okay, wait, this is a good question. What would happen? And that's not what Mendenhall meant by it at all, but it evolved into this brilliant, like, entertainment question of, okay, wait, how would we 
do this. JJ yeah. Watt just quoting it and saying, we'd get cooked at corner, not going to lie. Nobody on our squad is covering Tyreek. No one would. And he's absolutely right. And to be fair, <laughs> no one no one in general is covering Tyreek. Yeah, Kill so, it healthy, doesn't matter. so exactly. it doesn't matter. But, but Brad, I think we have a few reaction. Uh, there's the tweet, by the way. We get cooked at corner, not going to lie. <laughs> no. I mean, it's it's there. And this is what we're supposed to. This is like the good part of the internet. When you take something and it becomes a healthy, funny debate like this. And yeah. yes, there are going to be people in this that are like, if you go through the comments, who are obviously offended and stuff. But for the most part, I feel like even though he didn't tweet it as something that he thought would be funny and turn into this big like phenomenon, people have for the most part taken it and been like, wait, hold up. This is funny. How can we do this? What would the roster be? And yeah, I think so, have a, yeah, go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, so so Dowie Baltimore Zone actually had some pretty good points uh, <laughs> that I feel like we can actually air out, and it's pretty hilarious. So take a look at this. I want to actually react and, and add some of my own team members too. Uh, so it is, it is pretty fun, but take a listen. This is your disclaimer to let you know that this is a racially driven conversation. So to all the people who don't see color or you, why you got to make everything about race? This video ain't for you, bro. So go ahead and keep scrolling because I ain't trying to hear none of that crying in my comments. Now, for those who can actually talk about race without being easily offended and have fun with it, let's talk about it, bro, because this is a good topic. Listen, Rashard Mendehall tweeted that white people aren't good at football, and to prove it, we should have a white versus black bowl. Now, as somebody who loves football, who loves to keep it real, and also is not racist, I think some of y'all got the white team up. Like, hey, listen, let's call it what it is. Some of y'all got the white team up. You mean to tell me if I could pick an all-white team of active players, Oh, at quarterback, I'm picking Josh Allen, a.k.a. my white Cam Newton with better throwing mechanics. I'm picking Christian McCaffrey, who I consider the best running back in football. Got the triple crown winner in Cooper Cup. On the opposite side, I got a legend in his own right in Adam Thielen. And then at tight end, I got Travis Kelsey, arguably the greatest tight end of all time. Ooh! Listen, bro, don't even get me started on the offensive line. Now, when it comes to the all-white team, that secondary going to be some bullshit. But besides that, pass rush, Max Crosby, the Bosa brothers, TJ Watt is really sick on that side, bro. Don't get it f***ed up. So I just want to say, to even things out, we got to put the biracial kids in the pool and let the teams draft. Because you can't just have Patrick Mahomes or Mike Evans. You got to draft them. So who do y'all think will win with these rules? I love that. And, uh, you know, it was funny that... Uh, Shout out him. Well, he is a great follow. If you are not following him on Twitter, he is hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Um. Uh, Max, or not Max Carl, Will Compton from from Bustin' with the Boys said that uh, for for those who are biracial, if they're cool with with the word, we all know what it is, then they would go play for the black team. And if they weren't, then they would go play for the white team. That cracked me the hell up. It was so sense. funny. I just love that. Like most of Twitter, aka X, is like unifying over this, and mm -hmm. it is amazing. It, it actually was it, to the point that Zach was saying. The initial comment was not made to be this way, and mm -hmm. I think the, I just love the fact that so many people engaged and made it entertaining. And, and that's the reality. It, it turned a situation that that could have gone so many different ways in, in the wrong way. There's a lot of people that are having fun with it, and a lot of people getting behind the the idea. And that last video cracked me up. He, he really is a he is a great follow. If you guys haven't, go check him out. Uh, and he loves Baltimore. Zach. Yeah, he's, he's a, a great, huge Baltimore guy. Huge Baltimore guy. I know he was in Jacksonville uh, yesterday for I saw he was there too. So always uh, out there making content. If you're not following him, go go do it. I mean, where are you so, doing? Uh, 
well, the one guy that nobody's talking about that, you know, obviously the obvious ones, Josh Allen, Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey, nobody's talking about Patrick Ricard. I mean, well, I in like Kyle use check. I mean, the yeah. back position. Uh, yeah. The wing T. <laughs> Honestly, who are we putting, who are we putting at, at secondary though? Because like, it is going to be trash. Will Compton well, we, said to drop eight, every play going to play his own every play. Cause there's just no way we're keeping up with speed. Which is not wrong. He's not. not you're going to have to let Max Crosby, the Bosa brothers, and TJ Watt just go off. But <laughs> so you think we were talking about this before? Riley Moss, who just came from Iowa, he's in the secondary. Harrison Smith, and then after that, the one player, sadly enough, from Jacksonville yesterday, who got Isaiah Likely caught the touchdown on, and then the second, he's actually the st- starting strong safety. So we're not. It's Puka Nakua is going to be on on the white team. And yeah, he'll just, he'll just play corner. What is that? that we're just going to do that. He's yeah, we were also play. me and Brad were also talking about this. Like the Puka Nakua's, the Vita Veas, you know, guys from Hawaii. Like this is where suddenly the draft would have to come in. Yeah, <laughs> because there's unless do we is there a third team we're not talking about? Well, yeah, and th- this is the crazy thing. I, I know you guys are diving more into it. You saw on the tweet when you uh, created the the graphic, Brad, it was at 21 million views. What's it at now? 30 30 million views? Has to be. So this is why we're talking about it, because the internet, just like it always does, takes it and runs for it. That's that number of 21.4 million, and that was when this was created, Brad, when you made this a couple hours ago. You know, so it's just unbelievable (laughs) that... This has generated so much buzz. I didn't, um, I didn't realize Rashad Mendenhall retweeted Gowie's video. That's it, fantastic. It, you yeah, know what? So I he, love that. He's retweeting all like the funny ones. It is at 29 million views right now. That's so incredible. great. Hey, you know what? Posted 10 hours ago, 29 million views. There we go. Only th- 4,000 likes, though. It's kind of tough scene, but... but- <laughs> getting ratioed hard but everyone's having fun with it you know most people are having fun with it it, it it's a it's a interesting debate mm-hmm. uh you know it's another interesting debate uh college football in general college football playoff how, what you do moving forward and the reason why we're bringing this up is that chip kelly was recently talking about this that he thinks we've all we all talked about it right guys that it just feels like the college football at least when it's coming to making moves recruiting even the college football playoff, how things are decided. It's a little bit of the wild, wild west, right? So Chip Kelly actually made some comments. We have the video here we want to listen to about what he thinks college football should consider doing for their new model moving forward. The biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the power five and you can have a 64 team conference in the group of five and we separate it and we play each other. You can have the West coast teams. And then every year we play seven games against the West coast teams. And then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston college, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. 
You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've allowed to spend the time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group and said there's 132 teams and we all share, in the, same we all share the same TV contract so that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another, that we all go together, that's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one. Instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five, you can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You can do a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done, that money now needs to be shared with the student athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. Well, damn. You know, I thought he, good joke, Chip, Chip Kelly has jokes. He, that is a very thorough explanation. I think that we've constantly talked about this, how much the landscape of college athletics has changed mm -hmm. over the last few years. And I mean, Rock, ever, you know, you covering more down south with, with Alabama and Auburn, you know, those rivalries, obviously the SEC, that's staying put, but the rest of these schools around the country, it's changed. And it's because of what they're chasing in the football world because the football industry obviously drives a lot of money for these universities. No, it absolutely does. And it's it's really like these moves are all about the money. It's plain and simple. Agree with it or disagree with it. That That is why they're making these moves. And the TV revenue and TV deals are, are a big reason why. I hate that USC and UCLA are now coming over to the Big Ten. Like, I think it's simply ridiculous that you're having a team for one game travel cross-country to do that. And, like, why why are we calling it the Big Ten anymore then? Like, why are we calling – why are we going to be calling the ACC the Atlantic Coast Conference if you're mm -hmm. getting teams from a different coast coming in and playing? Like, it's just like, it's really screwed up the landscape of college football. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I Maybe Chip Kelly should retire from coaching and be the commissioner, honestly. Yeah. That's not a knock on his coaching at all. But, I mean, the guy's got a point in what he's saying. Because you look at the teams that have the benefit of traveling football. Mm -hmm. Football is, you know, it's making all the money at the university. Not all of it, but, like, it's football and basketball are the two main sports that are going to probably benefit the most revenue and money-wise. And then Chip Kelly talks about softball. Chip, Chip Kelly talks about the other sports. Mm -hmm. It's like there is there is no reason to pull away from the rivalries, the traditional rivalries, where you're playing schools, not necessarily right down the road, but a state over rather than mm -hmm. across the country. I hate it for college football. I hate it for college athletics. I really do wish that we could stay the same traditionally where – the teams out West are playing the teams out West. And maybe mm -hmm. like you have the college football kickoff game where you're playing an Alabama or you're playing a Michigan or you're playing somebody uh, on the East coast or, or down South, yeah. but to screw up your schedule completely. And you're having teams all over the place and going here, there and, and somewhere else. I want to see what the travel log is going to look like in like the flight trackers for these mm -hmm. schools, because it's going to be crazy and just simply ridiculous for college athletics. I mean, he, like you just said, I think the biggest thing Chip Kelly brought up is, yeah, football 
can go and play these go cross country and stuff. Mm -hmm. But when UCLA is football team is flying to wherever, you know, to go play on the East coast, they've got a plane and stuff like yeah, they are nice playing too. Yeah. They're, they've got nice things. I bet UCLA's women's basketball team does not have as nice of a plane or travel that they get. You have to wonder because we, yeah. we don't know. Yeah, that. I yeah. So we don't would, know. One would assume that's it's, yeah. It might not what, be the case. Yeah, what we I guess have seen from a bigger level, not just saying UCLA. That's just the example we're using because of Chip Kelly here. But let's say these schools that yeah, now you do have to travel cross country, yep. not just for football. For every single sport. And I wanted to kind of bring up what you yeah. just said about the, we're not sure about the planes mm -hmm. and whatnot. Take a look at the NCAA tournament a few years back, for example. Yep. I think it was two years ago. Well, yep. The men's weight room mm -hmm. and then the women's weight room and how big of a disgrace that the was. The food they were And getting. how bad that looked on the NCAA. And the, yeah, and the food and everything else. Even even to the care packages, mm -hmm. like yeah. the welcome packages that these student athletes got. It, w it wasn't the same on either scale. Not at all. And it's going to be the exact you know, you hope it's not, but most likely we will see the same discrepancies in the football team, the basketball, men's basketball teams travel compared to the softball team, the women's basketball team, the track and field teams. Like, although I do know Pac-12 track and field is as legit as it gets. Awesome. So they, yeah, they, that was probably a bad example because they probably have a lot of nice stuff. But for these lesser programs and sports that aren't getting the money that a football team is getting from sponsors and from boosters and stuff it's gonna be hard to convince these kids that you are now going to be not only on the road for the majority of your season you're going across country the majority of your season so it, it'll be interesting to see how that changes from all sports not just football i do love so here's what i'll say to that first of all i don't disagree with anything the two of you guys had said but if if that's going to happen, it's going to start with football. So, like, I would rather it just start already and, and so that we can actually start to get better at this and then and then have it, you know, I don't want to say the word trickle down, but I don't have a better term for that. But, like, you know, just I, I think it could start. And here's, here's what I'll say about the whole thing that Chip Kelly is uh, proposing, too, is that this eliminates the, the issues that we saw this year with, like, Florida State, right? Like everybody kind of gets a shot at getting into mm -hmm. the dance that way. And so I, I actually really like this, but I definitely see what you guys are saying too on the other side of like, who's going to get left out or who's going to get slighted because of something like this, if it ends up happening, which I mean, Hey, kind of looks like it's, it's headed in that direction, but, but we'll obviously see, but I, I loved what Chip Kelly had to say about it. Uh, it was so thorough. It was so mm -hmm. thought yeah. out. And I think that's the, the the beauty of it. And that's a guy that's been around the game. And that's a guy that's actually a part of the sport that is driving, you know, college athletics. That that's, you know, we're not naive to it. Football, football drives, you know, that's that's why people make all these moves. But man, you know, when we were growing up, even in these cases, in this region here specifically, look at this banner behind Maryland fans. You know, mm -hmm. the Maryland basketball rivalry was with Duke and UNC. Maryland's gone to the Big Ten and hasn't really created that same rivalry since then. And I think that's what people are afraid to miss out. Yeah, the football component's exciting, but how about everybody? How about everything going on? Mm -hmm. Like, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the stuff you miss. So, it's great. Is it going to happen anytime soon? Probably not. No. Uh, but 
you know, at some point things are going to have to change. That's why we wanted to talk about it. I think that does our spicy topics though for now, Brad, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, let's just face it, the kind of spicy topics we wanted to save elsewhere or else was involved with Maryland. <laughs> and uh, what better way to talk about Maryland sports than going around on our Adams Jeep, Brad? Um, yeah, that's, that's right. Adams Jeep sponsors the channel. Super pumped to uh, have them support us in that way. Guys, if you are interested in getting yourself a Jeep, I will tell you from firsthand experience that they are awesome. I have a badass gladiator uh, that's got 39 inch tires. It's huge and it gets shits and gets pretty much everywhere. So if you want to go, if you're in the market for a Jeep, go check out Adam's Jeep over there in Aberdeen Horn. Uh, you're not going to regret that. And again, shout out, for, shout out to, to Adam's Jeep for supporting the channel. <laughs> I, I appreciate your, your little hun there at the end. I actually down in Jacksonville, I got told the other night, uh, you don't sound like you're from Baltimore because I wasn't rolling the. Yeah, I get that sometimes too. Same. Which is really weird. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't know if I should be offended by it or not. People but... people think that I'm from the South because I was born and raised in Carroll County and we're a bit hickish out here and uh, <laughs> sound like from, we're from the South, but uh, born and raised in Maryland. Well, and there you have it. All right, let's take a ride on our Adam's Jeep now, shall we? Uh, let's start this open. Let's open this up. This was the big news. People would consider it. Are you guys driving? Yeah, we're driving the Jeep. Let me drive the Jeep. <laughs> driving the Adam's Jeep. Yeah, driving the Adam's Jeep. That's incredible. Good. Do you know where the logo is going to be this time, Rip? Is it going to be above your left shoulder or right shoulder? <laughs> Are you going to say it's going to be put up there when uh, we'll, it's we'll actually put, we'll already the up Adam, there? We'll put the Adam Jeep logo up right here yeah. if if actually if someone Brad, could photoshop you and i in and out of his jeep that'd be fantastic if, <laughs> if, i would have been so pumped if i could put my <laughs> finger up like this and the logo could appear like that one day we will um, awesome. but guys uh people thought christmas came early if you're an orioles fan and you guys know my opinion on this because i never thought that the orioles were to leave but it now it has people relaxed a little bit we're talking about the orioles and the state of maryland have come to an agreement or it's been approved that the Orioles lease is for at least the next 15 years with the option to be 30 years contingent on the plan that if the Orioles are satisfied with the development areas around the stadium, they can then opt into the 30 year deal. If not, then they'll have to reassess at 15, but guys, massive news. Uh, people are excited about it, but let's just be honest here. I'm going to say this. The team was never going to leave Baltimore. I, I know that this is something actually rock. We talked about this when we were recording the new, next uh, newest episode of rip and rock that I think a lot of people are so much anxiety that was building up over this. When we met Rocco was actually when we were talking about this last uh, March in 2022. Yeah. When I first started, I, I remember I'm, when I started over at Fox 45, I had, I was telling you this, we were talking about it on rip and rock that I had a Nashville station, our sister station for Sinclair uh, Nashville reached out to me about doing a story on a potential move to Nashville for the Orioles because because of the feud between the Angelos brothers, mm -hmm. yeah, John and Louie. Mm -hmm. So that whole thing, I had to talk about that. And I was just basically like, I was laughing when they came to me with that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I get why, because oh, yeah. it pertains to your region. It mm -hmm. pertains to Nashville. But in my head, I'm like, the Orioles are never leaving Baltimore to go to Nashville. They're never leaving Baltimore in general. Like mm -hmm. I had no doubt in my mind, but with everything that happened over the last year and how long it took, mm -hmm. 
I can understand why fans felt the way that they did. And there was so much uncertainty because you had John Angelos in spring training saying that it was probably going to be a mid-July, probably all-star break present for fans. They were going to get the lease done by then, or at least that was the hope. And then you had Angelos in the clubhouse after the Orioles had clinched a postseason berth, committing 30 more years to the team verbally. Then you had the lease agreement that wasn't the lease agreement. The clinch miracle. When the miracle. Orioles clinched the AL East, you had John Angelos, you had Governor Westmore in the suite, and you had that that it was Orioles agreed a new 30-year lease, but that was like a memorandum of mm -hmm. understanding. That wasn't an actual like lease agreement. Then you had everything that happened last week. It was like an emotional roller coaster. Mm. It was the report that it was agreed to, then the pause because there was some pushback from, from key lawmakers. And then on Thursday, it was like, okay, this is it. When Governor Westmore came out, the report came out that this was agreed upon, it was going to happen. And then, but I, I know that Orioles fans, you guys still were holding your breath over the weekend because it was like, God forbid something happens. God forbid somebody's ticked off and somebody doesn't want this lease to happen. How much longer do we have to wait? Because the current lease was set to expire December 31st. Yeah. So the fact that they got it done today, you know, you can check this one off your wish list. It's a, it's a big day for Baltimore. It's a big day for the state of Maryland. And it's a big day for Birdland because the Orioles are meant to be in Baltimore. Camden Yards is the ballpark that forever changed baseball. That's not just a saying that that's mm -hmm. true. If you've ever set foot inside that ballpark, you know, and I was saying earlier, I'm, I'm not trying to ramble, but many of you out there, you you know, your your fathers or your parents may have taken you to Memorial Stadium. You might you might have grown up going there. And then when you got older, you ended up taking your children uh, to Camden Yards. And here's to so many more memories at Camden Yards. It's a beautiful ballpark and it deserves to be here and the Orioles home for years and years to come. Yeah, I mean, I think people forget that Baltimore, it's so deep-rooted. And actually, if we're going to go back in the, in the history of this area and region, think about it this way. Baltimore was really devastated when the Colts moved, right? And, and that still resonates with so many people today. It, there's still a resentment oh, for yeah. the Colts in Baltimore. And... In the area, the two teams that were always around, which is the Commanders, formerly the Redskins, and then the Baltimore Orioles, right? So there's a lot of people in this region, even with the Nationals that came to town, that those are the two fan bases, right? I think that people right now, it's that anxiety of that the Orioles, even though it's, you might think, oh, you know what? We talked about it on Rip and Rock, uh, Rocco. It's something like you just need that reassurance. Like say you're scared to death. But yes. you know everything's okay. You know everything's okay, but you need someone to keep telling you and you need to see it. So if you're scared and you're a kid that maybe the boogeyman's in the closet, you got to go open the closet and prove that nothing's there. Check the whole room. I think that's for Oriole fans. They needed to see the lease signed. And it was signed, sealed, and delivered. And Zach, I mean, you're you're right on the streets of, of Twitter and X. I mean, it felt <laughs> like a lot of people, there was just this huge relief yeah that finally I, that finally uh cast over yeah and that's actually what i was just gonna say i don't necessarily think there was much celebration as much as there was just relief because as rocco brought on clinchmas they brought they put up <laughs> love that the clinchmas. big clinchmas they put up the big sign you know on the scoreboard westmore and john angelos were in-house the Orioles and Camden Yards have agreed to a 30-year lease. There was the excitement. That mm -hmm. was the peak. Boom. This is awesome. 
Then you had the, uh, it's not really like an official lease. I mean, it's more like we're going to get it done. At least it wasn't a lease. Yeah. Then you go by a few months. Then you have the next lease signing. The we've agreed to a lease. Boom. Sign, seal, deliver. Hour and a half later. Okay, maybe it's not actually signing the lease. And then we got today. And as much as I thought I was going to see the notification that it was unanimously voted on and it was going to be this big celebratory like, oh, my God, we did it. The Orioles are in town for 30 more years. I saw it and I was like, about damn time. Yeah, but I want to preface this. I think that because I'm also... Because I finally got Instagram Live, I think, working, by the way, guys. I think did I you did. not have it? I think you were up on the, the whole time. No, I don't think I was. But anyway, I've seen some parts about, yes, we did discuss that it, it is a 15-year lease with the option to, to opt in for another 15 years. I think for anyone, they just wanted a little bit of time for stability. This isn't going to be perfect, right? We know that there are so many other, you know, the reason why this was kept having hiccups is because it felt like just no one could get on the same side, at least for now, at least for this next mm-hmm. decade and a half you know that baltimore is going to have a team and and quite a and you're hoping this next decade is going to be the best orioles baseball that they've had Mm -hmm. in years i mean we're talking about over the last shoot 40 years since the orioles won the world series in 1983 we've talked about it before six times of the postseason yep we, we are aware of that not back to the world series once but during that time specifically there was a five year window with buck show walter where this team was exciting five straight years you felt like they Mm -hmm. could do something right you're hoping for this Orioles team this last year or two years if you consider 2022 is going to stretch over this next decade and at least for that at least while you know that this team is in position to be very competitive that this is all going to be happening at one of the best ballparks in all of the world in the sport it really is beautiful and this ballpark actually you know that that was the blueprint for everyone else can we get another all-star game back here now? Like, yeah, I know. What the hell? Can we yeah, can we start the petition to bring back an all-star game to Baltimore? I know, I get it. I mean, safe uh it's not even safe field anymore. In Seattle, they've had two uh all-star games in the last 22 years. Baltimore hasn't had it since 1993, since the birth of yours truly. <laughs> no, so you were born in 93 too, right, Rock? Yeah, I thought that's who you were talking about when you said yours truly. Well, we know Zach was born in about yeah, 2003. Yeah, when, when Rock was talking about taking your kids to Memorial Stadium, I was like, yeah, that wasn't around. No. <laughs> I was like, I've never been. Never, not once. Yeah. Just talking in general. Yeah, well, we, we know that there are so many different decisions that go behind with, with the... Can we talk also, the name change? Wow, out of the four of us, oh. I'm the only one that actually stepped foot in, in Memorial Stadium. That's kind of crazy. Well, I'm old. Yeah, I was gonna say, okay, age yourself. We're yeah. just flexing the. I mean, I was I was a kid, but I was I was there. I saw you're, you're, I saw both both Ripkins play in that stadium. By the way, remember that? Ooh. Ryan and Cal. Yeah, Ryan uh, was a uh, Ryan didn't exist. Yeah, I know. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. But but hey, Zach, talk real quickly. Just put put people. Uh, just explain a little bit about the right. the naming rights to the the. Mm-hmm. the stadium so, or up, quickly. but it just explain quickly yeah quickly uh pretty much it does not matter the naming rights for the stadium they can pursue to have a different name for the stadium but i want to be clear 
Camden Yards is not the name changing. Mm -hmm. It's the Oriole Park part. And this is still if this even happens. So let's just say the example I've been using is Old Bay. Let's say Old Bay gets a sponsorship. It would be Old Bay Park at Camden Yards. So you can still call it the yard. You can still say we're going to Camden Yards. It will not change. It's like Heinz Field and Acrisure. People still call it Heinz Field. Like it's going to be the same stadium. Arrowhead. Go Geehaw Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Yes. Everyone calls it Arrowhead. It will still be Camden Yards. It does not matter if they give up the naming rights to the first part. You should do like an ESPN zone at Camden Yards or something like that. Bring back ESPN zone. I just had that on my mind. The Ryan Ripken show at Camden Yards. That's just, I mean, that's got a ring to it. Oh, yeah. uh, The house that Rip built. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I, it's I'd, gonna be I'd, weird to not say Oriole Park at Camden Yards, though. Like, I feel like it's always gonna Opassi. Yeah, I don't. I and it's once again, always, this is only if it happens. This is not. They've had. They've been looking into this for quite some time now. So it, I've. I don't know about you guys, but like you say, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Like I've. I've always like my whole life. I've just called it Camden Yards. Yeah. Like it's just been like. Mm-hmm. I know there are people that call it. Opassi, yeah, Opassi, or just like, or some people say the whole thing, but it's just like the yard. It's It's the yard, Camden Camden Yards. It's 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 still going to stay the same. Still going to be Camden Yards. Yeah, that's that's it. it. People are getting too worried about something that one is just a potential thing that could happen, and two isn't really even going to affect it. Still Camden Yards, Ripken Field at Camden Yards. (laughs) Let's not do that. Let's not do that at all. Thanks. But uh, another news with the Orioles, too, the dispute over Mass, and there's a settlement with the Nationals and Orioles from 2017 to 2021. We're not going to dive into it. We're just giving information that has been settled now, so that will be taken care of, so hopefully everything can be moving forward. Yeah. I you don't know? understand enough to actually get into that. And 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 we don't, we're not going say, to right now. I was like, I could not tell you. We're not going to. Uh, so there's that. We're going to go right around here. Uh, the Orioles also rock as we were just uh, starting this show made a move and it wasn't for trading. It was a trade and it wasn't trading for cast considerations that everyone's used to trading. Uh, the Orioles Love landed a pitcher and also guy. maybe, maybe a pitcher that people aren't used to uh, being acquired or that. I'm sorry that the Orioles were hoping there was going to be a trade, but for a different pitcher, mm-hmm. maybe you want to start. Yeah. The Orioles uh, acquired right-handed pitcher, Jonathan Heasley, on a trade with the Kansas City Royals uh, for rookie rookie ball right-hander Cesar Espinal. Um, that's so. Here's the thing with so easily he's <laughs> to give the context real quickly, just so you don't go into a full topic. Uh, this was a video of Heasley, unfortunately. Oh yeah, heaving. Let letting it out. He was Heasley was heaving uh, on the mound, and so the video went viral recently when the Orioles just traded for him or brought it back up. And this happens, but yes, that is who the Orioles acquired. Continue. <laughs> he better have been hung over. That's I know. Well, first of all, he's human. He's one of us. Like we've all yeah. felt like that oh my at God. some point in time, maybe like a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning. Yeah, he, so like, get it. Listen, I've, he fits well, in. Yeah, he does fit in. That's a, that's that's all of us. That's you, Rocco. Isn't it, be- isn't it a beautiful thing? Yeah. Guy's 26 years old. He appeared in 12 games last season for the Royals. I uh, pitched 15 innings. And here's what Oriole fans might not necessarily like his ERA is 7.20. So mm-hmm. ERA is not great, but 
you look at some of the guys they've brought in from other teams, especially last offseason, and you looked at their numbers, mm -hmm. and you saw what they did. Uh, I mean, Mike Elias has a plan with this guy. Can, and, do you know what Yanir Cano's I, I mean, ERA, he was one of the people that was, I was... Yeah, ERA was in Minnesota. It was terrible. It was not in in 2022 he had a 9.22 era yeah it was 18.69 with the baltimore orioles so it was awful this is not do not look at this and, and say yeah oh my god this guy's terrible he'll never do anything and we're not saying he's yeah. going to be the next yenier cano but yeah. for yenier cano to come in with with that era and then to be an all-star mm -hmm. that says something about the orioles and what they did with him as a pitcher and Alex how they Bautista developed was a given so, up on prospect I don't doubt that the O's can do the same thing with this guy bringing him over. Rip, don't you think? Yeah. So this is the part of it. This the examples that you guys just provided, and also you know Ryan O'Hearn. Everyone was, why the hell are the Orioles requiring Ryan O'Hearn? Well, it's because the guy has talent. He has the ability to swing the hell out of the bat, and given the right opportunity and everything kind of clicks, you saw it. The Orioles, that's what they're doing. There's a method to the madness. It doesn't mean it's going to work out, but it also has the chance to pay off on something that relatively speaking is such a small move you know it's not giving up a big a big prospect and and who knows maybe uh it turns out to be something that the orioles re could regret or it could be something that helps bolster this team adds more depth and gives more opportunity that's what you want at the end of the day it's not the sexy move it's not the splash move and also with the royals the royals have been pretty active in free agency if you guys have been paying attention right what I do this time? No, just, no, it's not. You. Nothing. We're just, just the comments. Good. The comment. The comments. Oh, the comment that we're off. not gonna. We're from we're Houston gonna that we're not gonna on. even mention. I love it. Show, that was, that was, all right. <laughs> I agree though. I I think that this is something. Oh that, yeah. This I is. See. Yeah. This is. Not, <laughs> I got it now. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is not a signing or a acquisition that you go into. Michael Elias is not sitting there saying this guy is going to be our seventh inning guy. This guy is going to automatically make the opening day roster. Rhino Hearn didn't make the opening day roster. So let it play out. I know people are going to freak out and call this a classic Orioles move. They just want to get a bunch of guys that'll pitch a bunch of innings. It doesn't matter how they do. Let things settle in. Let him go out and pitch for this ball club. And let, develop exactly let he's 26 years old Young. this is not a guy who's 35 on the back end of his career and we're like okay i know you had a 70 ra last year let's see if we can revive you this is a guy who's still trying to figure things out we've seen what this pitching lab and pitching the pitching coaches for the orioles have done with guys over the past two years so why not take another chance i mean you give up a rookie ball player not a top prospect, a guy that a lot of guys in front of him roadblocking him. And you get a guy that maybe he contributes next year and maybe he doesn't. But, but, and that's the thing yeah. you, you have to make risk. You have to take chances. And in some cases you can take more. This is a, a low risk for the Orioles with a chance of, of high value. And that's, and that's what we're trying to explain. And I was seeing, uh, just mentioning some comments about it. Austin, you're right. Throws a lot of strikes. It's a good problem to have. And, that that's the the most important thing. Can you be around the plate, mm -hmm. and then can you learn how to put batters away? That's going to be the that's going to be the reality of it. If you can learn how to hone your skills to be more productive, that's what you want. And I was trying to finish the point of the Royals. They've been spending more in free agency, so it makes sense that they're going to make a move because 
quite frankly, they're looking at just like they did with Ryan O'Hearn. They're going, we don't see the Royals. We don't see a value in, in keeping this player anymore. We're ready to make a move. So it seemed like a good partnership. It's not the only move the Orioles are going to make. Yeah. No. But we're waiting on that Yamamoto deal to be done. If everyone's wondering, and then it's it'll, him. Then, yeah, as soon as Yamamoto goes, the, the floodgates are going to That's true. We were just talking yeah. about that today. With with this guy, though, from the Royals, you are you know you could potentially get a Cano. Where, mm-hmm. Well, not, not comparing him yeah. to Cano, but I'm saying you get a solid outcome like you did with Cano. Or it could turn into, Rip, I know it breaks your heart to say this, like Fuji, who had his flashes, but... Mm really never came into his own here in Baltimore at that point in time when we wanted him to. So I think that's what fans look at. They see the high ERA. They're like, all right, what kind of pitcher are we getting? And how is he going to develop here in Baltimore? And that's a fair question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's the thing. I just saw Paul just uh, answer this while it's here. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for the comment. Thank you for the question uh, or comment. Not really a question, more of a statement. You say the Orioles are going to make a move, but there are no quality players left in the market. Here's the thing for the Orioles, regardless they are looking at trying to acquire a player with team control. Because here's the thing. We just saw Jack Flaherty sign with the Detroit Tigers. We talked about it last time we were on, we were live. Jack Flaherty, I think he's actually going to have a bounce back year. But if, if the Orioles brought him back, the fan base probably wouldn't be happy about it. They'd be like, well, what type of upgrade is that? The Orioles have a lot of great options in-house. They're going to try to figure out. And they're going to figure out if guys like D.L. Hall, Tyler Wells, they're going to be starters, not be starters. And then, by the way, Dylan Cease and other players, keep in mind, Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, these guys, I know that the realities of could they be traded to Baltimore, could they not? We don't know, but those there are players that are going to be in trade talks, and I believe that that's where the Orioles are going to look first. Team control, but whoever misses out on the Yamamoto sweepstakes is also going to be in on these other players. So mm-hmm. that's where I think the Orioles are sitting. And quite frankly... I personally believe Kyle Bradish and, and uh, Grayson Rodriguez might be one of the most uh, lethal one-two punches in Major League Baseball next year. And if you look at the Orioles' starting rotation going into next year, it really is one of the best in the American League East. If we're if we're if you're buying into the fact that they build off of their successful 2023. Well, that's right. what I was about to say too. Like for for a while now, since the end of the season, and even really. In, in the all-star break i was talking about the, or during the all-star break we were talking about this before the trade deadline it was like the orioles don't have to get that much better to still be an elite group that we saw last year because the core is still there you had a couple of players without betting the farm on it and and they're still going to be a ridiculous team so i think it's just one or two solid pitchers away and really it's just michael is trying to figure out okay how can i get these guys without giving up too much and i think that's really what it comes down to so I really wouldn't worry if I was an Orioles fan because they're going to be just fine. The town's still there. The, the team as a whole is still pretty much intact. And you got other amazing players that are coming up through the farm. Jackson Holiday's more than likely going to be starting uh, opening day. So I don't think there's anything to worry about. And we just get a, a couple of good solid arms. And I think the Orioles are still going to be in just just fine shape. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Go ahead, Rock. Guys, we, before we move on, on, on to the next topic, uh, Jacob Calvin Meyer, he's a great follow on Twitter. He writes for the Orioles, or writes for the Baltimore Sun for the Orioles. He's one of their beat guys. Uh, he just said, nearly a year ago, the Royals needed room on their 40-man roster, so they traded Ryan O'Hearn to the Orioles for cash. Monday, the Royals needed room on their 40-man roster, so they traded right-handed pitcher Jonathan Heasley to the Orioles for a rookie ball pitcher. And, and, and Can lightning strike twice? 
Yeah, but that's great why it, it looked like it was a great tweet. Shout out, shout out, uh, Jacob, on that. That's that's phenomenal. But it's showing the fact the Royals had to make a move, and they probably were possibly going to DFA him. So the Orioles said, you know what, we like this guy enough, let us take him. And Michael Elias, you can say what you want, but that front office has done a great job. And and Rick, I agree. Tyler Wells, uh, whichever role he's going to be in, has proven that he can be successful. And I think for the Orioles, there's a lot friend, of great friend of the pieces show. here. Yeah, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show, Tyler. Got the dog ears going. He's got the he's got the dog ears going for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's got the dog ears on. <laughs> we'll get Ty, we'll get Tyler, but we'll get Tyler back on as we move further down. Everyone's hitting the dog ears. He, he's a good kid. All right, let's continue going around. Just didn't put it on you. Hey, listen. Uh, before we get into the next topic, I feel like this is like a good a good break period. I I've been putting out polls. You guys kind of forgot about me in the polls. Oh, um, talk to I, us. I put out the first poll of the night. You know, you know, I always try to ask the really important questions. Yep. Does sauerkraut belong on a hot dog? No. 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 Oh. You you guys aren't going to like my dog. I'm the only yes. I'm only yes. But uh, it was split pretty much split down the middle. 45% said no. 54% said yes. Mm. What's on your hot dog, Rip? Honestly, I, I'm usually a plain guy, except with Stuggies, by the way. I... Whatever the, the crab mac and cheese is that what it is, Rock? Yep. I I could I devoured that. I have devoured that. But usually, I'm more of a plain guy. I know that's probably the vanilla answer. Except for Stuggies, I could eat I could eat two of those in a second. I feel like a plain hot dog's just so dry. You gotta have something on there. I thought you were gonna say something controversial. No, something. you. Well, I have like you were gonna be like I put mayo on. No, like, no, no, like, no. I have. A, <laughs> I, I have, an, I have another story behind that. We're going to save that for a different time. You guys might look Jesus. at me like a, a nut. So you might already. Rocco already has that look in his face all the time. You don't have to flex, Rocco. We're not in. I'm, not, I'm literally not flexing. For me, it's chili. For me, it's chili cheese and or sauerkraut and mustard. Like make it as sour as possible. Or Sounds really good. Chili cheese. Interesting. You know, uh, I'll take your word for that. Maybe I'll give that a go. Maybe I won't. He won't. Yeah, it's, yours, it's yours, Zach. That's a no. I'm, I'm not plain like Ripken, but I I would say I'm I'm a big just like mustard ketchup guy. Like I don't really you do mustard and ketchup. Uh, I prefer like more mustard than ketchup. Also, okay. I will say I've only had a Chicago dog once, and it changed my life. I I will say like that also kind of ruined hot dogs for me because it was that good. Where I was like, it's not the same. Oh gosh. Well, I was I see that Instagram Live is working because Big Mike also a friend of the program. Uh, he knows the story, so we'll save it for a different day. I'm not telling the story right now, Mike. You're a good kid. Go, go, Vince. Go, Vince. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ketchup's the ride or die. No, ketchup. I think ketchup's overrated. Are you just ketchup? Okay. Just ketchup. All right. Enough, enough of yeah. the dogs. Enough of the dogs. Listen, I had, I had another poll, so the, I, I brought up the polls because this is a good segue. I brought up uh, another poll about the Orioles, most people that are watching right now weren't worried about the Camden Yards going anywhere. But the poll that I have up right now is uh, about who should be in the MVP conversation after week 15. Dak, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, and Big Cock Brock Purdy are on there uh, verbatim. That word is in there. Uh, looking at this so far, it's probably not a big surprise because most of our viewers right now mm -hmm. are from the Baltimore region, but Lamar Jackson is leading. We do have Christian McCaffrey and BCB is in there as well. Zero votes for Dak Prescott. Zero. Well, I love that you put him in there. I knew you would. 
That's great. Hey, we're going to dive into that in a little bit here. So, so stay with us because we got a lot more to talk about. By the way, I just got a report because I know this game's going to start. Brad, are you still are you starting Geno Smith? Because apparently he might not start. Yeah. The Seahawks are playing. Oh the my games god! Right now. Are you me? What the they're, fuck? Yeah. They're so he, he's Lock, yeah. They're it. starting Drew Lock. They're expected to start expected. Drew Lock. Right, uh, right. It says that's what Schefter Shefty to put god that up. Damn it, man! What are they allowed to do that right before the game starts? It's called strategy. Uh, no, no oh, one. No, I thought like ninety minutes more. more. And yeah, no one likes to make you guess more than the Seattle Seahawks. Well, no, he, it was funny because Gino when Smith he was is active, but when he said, was active, they Schefter, I think, or Rappaport tweeted, yeah. it was like the Seahawks are dressing three quarterbacks. That doesn't mean that Geno Smith's going to start. Mm-hmm. And now there's, oh it's like, yeah. So I mean, it's already a long shot for me anyway. But goddamn. Well, you know, that game should be really entertaining, by the way. I hope so. I hope it is, too. The Seahawks need the game. The the Eagles are trying to bounce back. Jalen Hurts is all banged up or he's super sick or whatever's going on there. Yeah, he took a separate flight. Yeah, he's like weirdly like they can't figure out or they know exactly what's sick with them and they won't say it. But they're being very vague about what he has. They're just saying they don't know what it is, but it's flu-like, but not the flu. All right, I put Drew Lock. I switched him out in there. He's really, he's really starting now, right? Up, yeah. allegedly. Oh, maybe he'll rap on the sideline. That's usually he does well when he does that. If he does, then they win the game. Yeah, they will. He did well Take- last week against the 49ers. I mean, I know they lost the game, but he did well. I, I bet though, whoever Vegas um, is probably going to be furious because that line has to move. Then if Drew Lock's actually starting, I'm, I don't have it pulled up right now. I feel like well, they're going to lose their mind. Yeah. We'll see what happens. That game starts in about 15 or, I guess, 10 minutes here. Uh, we want to go around Maryland the rest of the way. Uh, for men's and women's basketball, for the Terps, they're, they've been idle or it's getting more towards um, they're preparing. Or the women's team plays on the 20th. The men's team plays UCLA, I believe, on the 22nd. Uh, the I think, Brad, you said going into the Sunday that every team was not out of – or most teams are not out of contention in the NFL minus – That's right. Going into, week 15, going into week 15, uh, 30 – out of the 32 teams, we're still not mathematically out of the playoffs, which is a pretty amazing number. So I was going to say 20 out there because the Cardinals, I think, are they're close, so they're they're done. The Patriots were done, done beforehand, and now the Commanders, the Washington Commanders, are done. They are eliminated officially after that loss to the Rams. By the way, Rams playing well. Matthew Stafford looks like that. Matty Stafford when they won the uh, Super Bowl. So Commanders done. Uh, really rough go hopefully they finish strong or depending on how you look at it maybe they get a higher pick you be the judge uh around in washington it's still not been a great year for the washington wizards that's no secret there um they are sitting at four and 21 not ideal and especially with the new move as everyone's seen the approval of the wizards and the caps uh, apparently could be going out of dc moving to northern virginia in 2028 we'll see what happens there uh what else was news well hey the norfolk tides uh former tide alum here got some pride for the tides let's give a round of applause for the tides everyone for a second perfect proud of you so why we're bringing this up the norfolk tides were voted by baseball america as the minor league team of the year and they were the team of the year best team in in all the minor leagues such a talented roster such a talented team and rightfully so, they deserve it. The coaching staff, the players, the staff, everyone. And uh, awesome for Norfolk. Really great. Uh, and that leads to another of this this talent pool who eventually is going to be up there, Zach. Uh, Sam Basayo, uh, mm-hmm. the catching prospect 
for the Baltimore Orioles, who recently we talked about. Uh, if you guys haven't seen him, I would go watch some highlights of him. He is untouchable to me. Mm-hmm. He is not going anywhere, and he his ceiling is, I hate to tell you this, is just going to be as high as some of the other top prospects. That's just how good he is and 19 years old. I know yeah. you won't say it because, like, I know you've said on Twitter, you don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. But I'll say it because, actually, I think Austin, who was in here before, yep. was the one who brought it up. Every time he swings, every time I watch him play, he screams Jordan Alvarez. He just – and am I saying he is going to be Jordan Alvarez? No. That is insane. Just own it. it just say it. I, do just I want him it. to be? Yes. I mean, I would. it would be incredible. But he has that type of power where even if he misses the ball, he can put it 450 feet dead center. So, like you said, Rip, I'm – also on he is untouchable his is upside you play a premium position you're 19 years old and we don't know what your offensive ceiling is but what we do know is it's it could be just as high as any of the oriole prospects that that are in the system that are going through and that's scary because you know who the orioles have in their system who are already in the big leagues or on the cusp of it so really exciting we'll dive in more and more as we get closer to spring training rock do you have something to say I was just saying, put a finger down if Sam Vasai is untouchable. That's, that's oh exactly God. what I was doing. That was what, what, was that, doing. That was what you like, were doing. You got you to do it. Oh, my goodness. Jesus. Rocco just really wants, wants to play, play Never, Never Have I Ever. ever. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. That was. You guys must be best friends. No. Yeah, but but I, I will know. say, I, I am proud of Zach. <laughs> uh, this is a big moment that he's not wearing a hat. I know it was tough this for him. Is, yeah, no, I think this was my third time not wearing a hat on the show. First, if you exclude the first two times I was on the show. Well, it's so good. You're gr- you're growing up. You're adulting. Yeah, I'm team, team almost twenty four every single day. Every we know single show if I can. We know. Uh, we know. We'll We're start aware. putting it forward again. Well, you should start. You know. <laughs> you just. <laughs> yep. You want to say a word? About. Yep. Uh, how about no? Because I've worn a, I wore a hat every day that I played, and again we talked about the hairline. But you know, what? I own it, man. You see this big head? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The comment section of our YouTube a lot. Well, okay. They care, they care about everything we do. Apparently, uh, yeah. If you need to work on that Bosley or Rogaine sponsorship, and that'll please really get the wheels please. turning. Like I, I would. I need this hairline back. Yeah, man. It's either that or the hair transplants, <laughs> the hair plugs. Twenty three looking. Um, Joe like Buck. This. Joe <sighs> Buck hair plugs. It's, we'll be in contact. Be that. We'll yeah. be in contact. Also, the you do look a lot more like Dwight Schrute. More without the hat yeah <laughs> well i also awkwardly have like when i look sideways like the part is like <laughs> it's a weird right part now. yeah yeah look, look at the part's jo- not looking joe said don't let us bully you but like we, we really don't no we- i was gonna say i don't think i think you if any yeah like right. the rankings who do you think gets bullied most on the yeah. show uh, maybe if we make a power maybe that should be a poll power rankings who should get who deserves the most heat on this show of the four of us? It's not going to be Brad. You could just make it me, Zach, and Rocco because Brad's, we know the answer well, to it. Well, if we get Niner Nation in here. Oh, oh wow. no. Holy voice, <laughs> oh. Holy voice crack. Oh, well, that, but you guys hear that also, one? If- All right, I think I might be. Never mind. I, can I leave? I mean, <laughs> I never if you like the doors show. over there. That was Actually, like one of the worst voice cracks of my life. If Niner Nation got in here, me and Brad would be in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah, you guys would be done. Oh, my God. Top I'm, of the list. Yeah. Yes. No they, Niner they hater for thinking Christian McCaffrey should be the MVP. Hey, well, hey, calm down on that. Know. Calm down yeah. on that. 
you know what, guys? You're talking about football. We need to talk about this, and this is this is big because uh, just happened in Baltimore. Loves their football. The Ravens, guys. Last night, Ravens, Jags, electric. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, and if you guys followed me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, I was down at the game. It was an amazing time. It's a quick as a business trip, 24 hours. My sister and I, uh, we try to do a sibling game every single year, and it was a blast. Uh, but I will tell you what, they call it the bank down there in Jacksonville, too. Hate to tell you, Jags fans, the, the, the true banks over at M&T, over in Baltimore. And I was surprised. Brad, I told you this. Jacksonville, I give them credit. They were the fans. They were passionate. Wasn't fully sold out, though, especially in the upper levels, especially for a game Jacksonville really needed. The weather was... Not the best, but by game time, weather conditions were fine. But the biggest story of all this, guys, the Ravens get a win, and now the path to be the number one seed is getting – you can see it. It's getting closer and closer, and it's now becoming a legitimate possibility that this can happen. Now they got a long way to go. But let's dissect it to a lot of things happened in this specific game. Where do we want to begin with it? Do we want to begin with the fact that – Lamar Jackson showed that he was unbelievable. Do we want to begin with the fact that the Ravens go into Jacksonville to a place that they really have had trouble winning? Where do we start, Zach? I think we start with the worst news possible. Whoa, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I don't want to get into that yet. Mentally, I have to prepare. But yeah, that's right. let's start with it, it was Smoot, right? Smoot's how you – I forget. The guy who Lamar on that throw to likely was – chasing him down and now there's the viral pictures and video of he misses Lamar the first time chases him down hits him a second time and Lamar just throws it 30 yards down the field to Isaiah likely on the five-yard line and Smoot afterwards had this look and he I think he even said how like you see him scream how and it was this pure look of just frustration of how can I not get this man down? I mean, here you go. Boom, sack, got him. Nope, never mind. Okay, here, got him right here. Nope. Nope. Okay, interception. Wait, what? We're down on the four-yard line now. It was an unbelievable uh, string of From events both there. plays. And actually, players. down in Jacksonville, by the way, the amount of rage Jags fans had that Lamar Jackson couldn't get tackled. How the hell does this happen? Like It, it, it keeps happening over and over again. Why can't you come on, guys? It was constantly everything. It's like for Baltimore fans, we know. Well, you guys, I guess, really haven't watched Lamar Jackson enough. This is every single week that he is he is Houdini. He gets out of it and then makes a spectacular play. And that was one of the best plays. Ravens fans are spoiled because we have become more accustomed to it. We do realize when they're special, that was a special play. And Rocco, Isaiah likely. Talk about a guy. I hated the fact that Mark Andrews had to go down. And it's been tough that Mark Andrews and likely haven't been able to coincide together. Mm -hmm. But I think you got to be so pleased that Isaiah Likely's playmaking ability just seems to grow. And especially it's showing up in huge moments for the squad. We got a feel of how good Isaiah Likely was last year when Mark Andrews was injured. For a little bit and likely really came into his own and stepped up in a big way since andrews went down likely has done the exact same thing and now he's got touchdowns in two straight games he was the 
Uh, team's leading receiver, last game, five catches, 70 yards and a mm -hmm. touchdown. He had that amazing catch. I mean, the guy's a playmaker, and he doesn't play like a tight end. He plays so like sad. an extra receiver for the Ravens. And that's, yeah, that that that's all you need to see. Like, Lamar took that man's soul. Well, and just look how and frustrated he, so he is. Look at, look at the face. He's like, that's where he said, like he how? Said, that, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah. that's literally where you see how? him scream, how? Look at Lamar. He's just like, and he, Lamar's probably laughing the whole time he's running around like he usually does. And just yeah. like firing it up, having fun on the field. Look how defeated he looks. He's that screaming. He's that was screaming another, at himself. That was another he is Houdini moment for Lamar. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I, how? Like, it was awesome. right. I have a like quick question crazy. for you guys. Yeah. Because I try to explain this to my friends who are not Ravens fans. Please do. When... When Lamar starts doing that kind of stuff, meaning he gets out of the pocket, suddenly he starts running. You know, my friends who are Bengals fans, they're like, oh, I get so stressed out when he's running around. And I'm like, can we get him? It's, I think, just as stressful for us because I <laughs> trust Lamar with everything. But nobody on earth knows what he is about to do next. Like, yeah. And yes, it is stressful because there are moments like yesterday where he could have gotten a first down for an easy five-yard gain and throws the interception, albeit a fantastic play by the safety to come read that and make a play on the ball. But it's not all sunshines and rainbows when Lamar starts at least in... Improvising. Yeah, when he starts improvising, everyone thinks, you know, it's this magical, like, oh, it's got to be so fun to watch as a fan. It is very fun to watch after I know it went well. But when your quarterback <laughs> is running 18 yards behind the line of scrimmage, even though I know Lamar's going to make something happen, it's a little stressful. It It, it is. It, you really are on the edge of your seat for, for 60 for, for minutes. Better, worse, whatever it may be. And, and truly right now, especially, and this is the reality of it, the, the offensive line was, uh, and Lamar Jackson, they were under duress the entire night. You know, the, the Jaguars, Josh Allen was getting home. And they were right in the face of Lamar Jackson on so many different occasions. And this is what makes Lamar Jackson so special, right, is the ability to extend plays. And you live with the bad. Just like with Buffalo, you live with the bad with Josh Allen. But Lamar Jackson, the reason why he's so special is because of what he's accomplishing. But let's talk about the defense here for a second. Uh, Actually, before I fully give the compliments to the defense, because that second half, besides that one broken play, mm -hmm. really was great. Now, the Jaguars in the first half, they shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. McManus missing two field goals. Trevor Lawrence fumbling on his own. Thank you very much. In a position where they're going to score again. And then that, uh, whatever the hell happened, the clock mismanagement Stop. at the end of the half, that's so many points off the boards for, for Jacksonville. I mean, I love what the Ravens is. We've talked about it before. They didn't beat themselves. Yes, Lamar Jackson had one pick. So what? But mm. overall, the Ravens put themselves in a position, and Jacksonville was the sloppier team. Therefore, the Ravens won. Now let's dive in more to this defense. And the biggest play of the game, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, or this the biggest sequence for me before that Lamar Jackson played they forced the Ravens to punt. Instead of kicking that field goal 55, 56 mm -hmm. yards, yeah. Stout uh, pins them deep. And that defense, they didn't give the Jags any life on that drive. They punted from the end zone. Keaton Mitchell has that big run then. Then Lamar has his play. And all of a sudden, the Ravens are up two scores. And then they forced another turnover. Mm -hmm. And that place, being down there, I told you guys, people were leaving with seven, eight minutes to go in the game. Yeah. And and really that defense 
just continued to just, besides that one play in that second half, they were just tremendous the rest of the way. Can I just tell you, can we get into the Keaton Mitchell conversation? Because you actually put in our, our little group chat uh, something about Keaton Mitchell before I even saw it on TV. Yeah. I was so like, I think television was delayed, mm-hmm. you know, by a little bit. And then you said, Did you guys see that Keaton Mitchell play? I hope he's okay. And then, and then I saw it like seconds later. So, like, my heart's already sinking. He was also on my fantasy football team. Just another one with another season ending injury. But man, that was, that was really brutal. And it was almost kind of like, uh, the, and no no question about what what happened there and the injury that he has it's just like it sucks man really feel for keaton mitchell um but i think the big question is what do we do about the rushing game is that melvin gordon you know mm-hmm. how do we feel about uh the, the run game now that we don't have keaton mitchell who was so explosive it was kind of like one of those things where yeah we had gus the bus and he he did fine he did well uh but keaton mitchell was kind of like that x factor uh behind the line of scrimmage so what are you guys' thoughts on that? How do, how do the Ravens move forward without Keaton? So first off, being at the game, and also, uh, Houston, you're right. Uh, the Jaguars, their fans in general, very, very hospitable being down there. No, no doubt about it. Now, the Keaton Mitchell play, you know, it was people around. Again, you don't watch the Ravens. Who would know then an undrafted rookie running back on the Baltimore Ravens if you don't follow the team? And then seeing the plays. And after he had that big run, Everyone was asking, who the hell is that? You know, that guy seems special, right? Mm-hmm. And I even tweeted that out. And I actually had that video of the run. Maybe the, the quality is not the best. But I said, yeah, he, he's a guy that is special. Waited his turn. It's a guy that you wanted to root for. It was a guy that everyone was excited about. And then when the injury happened, you could feel the entire Baltimore community just heartbroken for him because he – he was injured in the preseason, or he showed what he can do in the preseason, injured to start the season, is starting to gain all this momentum, and then this happens. So you feel for Keaton. It, it's going to be a, a tough injury or a tough road to recovery, but everyone's behind him and, and hope the best for him. Now, what it means? Well, someone's going to have to set up. Justice Hill ran hard. Gus mm-hmm. the bus. The Ravens did what they had to do when they had the lead, run the football and put the game away. I still think that's going to be the case. But I do think they're going to have to have one more back and do, I mean, it, but I do think it's going to be Justice and Gus mm-hmm. are going to be back to what it was kind of for that uh, Lions game when the team was playing well. I yeah. kind of envision that. What do you guys think? We'll start with Zach. Uh, first, the uh, Keaton Mitchell injury. When it happened, like I, I tweeted out that I wanted to throw up. I physically, like, hands on my knees like i was in physical pain when i watched him go down because he's one of those guys where i back in may undrafted free agent i remember i sent the text to a group chat and i was like man this guy from ecu he's legit and i was like he's he's gonna be something i was like just watch and then watching him like you said he had this he showed us what he could do he had the setback he fought through it he over and over again waited his turn until he got his opportunity and from the second he stepped foot on the field he was a difference maker and he took off and he was completely taking over as running back one he was getting the most touches getting the most snaps and for it to happen on a play where unfortunately if he didn't misstep he may have even housed it 
was just a gut punch because I didn't even feel, and this is why I was explaining to one of my friends who's a Steelers fan because he asked me about it, and I was like, I didn't feel bad about what the Ravens are losing on the field because like we've just said, I think the Ravens are the best rushing attack in the league, and the reason for that is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, as long as he's the quarterback, the Ravens will be the top rushing attack in the league. I don't see that changing. What hurt the most is seeing what he went through and seeing the whole city come behind him and support him and kind of take him in as our own and like, this is our guy. This is the guy that we all love, that we're all backing, the underdog. Then for it to happen to him, that's where it really felt like a gut punch. But it's on to week 16. I mean... We talk about how well he was coming on. They didn't, he's only played in the past seven games, six games. So they've played this season without him and they're going to have to again. So it's, it's next man up. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I know they said is going to be activated. He's going to be back. So now let's just, at this point, it's same thing that we said when Mark Andrews went down. It's next man up. I'll ask this, Rock, for you. I agree with you, Zach. I think as long Lamar, as long as Lamar Jackson is quarterback, that's a running it's a running element you're always going to have. But are you then with this injury with Keaton Mitchell? Is the is is there a worry with the running backs, or would you be more worried about where the offensive line rock is at this point? Because I think that the rushing game is going to be fine, but I think that the offensive line, as we saw, there are some issues with protection. And I know that the only reason I'm bringing this up is not to say, no, it's passing and rushing. But in order to not become so dependent, you got to be able to protect Lamar when you're trying to get mm -hmm. back downfield. And the Ravens could not, not because the weather was an issue last night, they couldn't push the ball down the field for the majority of the game because they couldn't, uh, they didn't have enough time to let plays develop. The offensive line has been banged up. You've had injuries on the O-line. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, especially, he, I'm not convinced he was even close to 100% going into this game. He's battled through injuries. He hasn't he hasn't been great offensively. I mean, on the offensive line is what I'm saying. And he's now dealing with a concussion. So they've been, even since last week, John Harbaugh basically said like he was working guys in, like the Patrick McCarries, the Daniel Faleles, because he wants his guys fresh for the end of the game. But I'm not like, is is that going to mess with the chemistry on the O-line? I'm not sure. I think Patrick McCary mm -hmm. is a great fill-in for Ronnie Stanley if Ronnie Stanley can't go. Patrick McCary has proven he could kind of, you plug and play him at any position at tackle. You could put him at guard. You could put him really anywhere on the offensive line, and he's going to step up and block to the best of his ability, and that's what they expect from him. But the O-line does simply, like you said, Rip, the, the injuries or the fact that they're a little banged up, it's been killer. Um, I think that the run game is going to be, I don't want to say fine without mm -hmm. Keaton Mitchell. I think they're going to be okay, be though. I think it's, it's what's that? I, I, I would go as far as to say they're going to be Yeah, fine. I think they're yeah. going to be fine. I mean, they but played like, most of the season without him. I mean, is it going to be a step back? I see what you're saying. That's, yeah, but. yeah, that's what I'm getting mm -hmm. at. Like, he does, like, to Brad's point, he adds that spark. Yeah. He adds that energy. Mm -hmm. He adds that that big play feel. Like he's averaging nearly eight and a half yards per carry. What he's able to do when he gets the ball 
is like, I mean, and he turns it off. And the fact that he was saying on, on the Ravens, like their lounge podcast, that mm-hmm. he hasn't even ran the fastest he's ran this season was crazy because that guy is so quick. It's like he shot out of a cannon. Yeah. So it's a, it's a heartbreaking injury for the Ravens, for Keaton Mitchell, because of what this guy came into this, like onto this team with being an undrafted free agent, signing with the team, having the setback, kind of being an afterthought. Like, you know, there were people like Zach and people in the flock that were like, they were so confident that this guy was going to be great. But at that point in time, you have five running backs with experience on, on the depth chart. JK, Gus, mm. Justice Hill, Melvin Gordon, and then Keaton Mitchell. And it was like, all right. I remember asking him, like, you're, you're going to be, you know, solid on special teams and then find your way. That's what, like, that's what your yeah. role is going to be to mm-hmm. start. And he's like, yeah, he was okay with that. But to see him develop and to see him, like Zach said, like Baltimore has taken this guy in as their own. It's been really cool. But yeah, Rip, I think I think the O-line is something you need to really look at. Yeah. Well, because the point I bring that up, Jaguars, obviously, they, have, they are one of the best uh, run defenses in the league, regardless of the results last night. The Ravens did do a great job. But it's going to be when they have to face these really prolific pass rushes. And you're going to have some really tough tests. You're playing. It's, it's starting on Christmas Day. You got the best team in the NFL and the NFC, and we do think that the Ravens can beat anybody, but that's going to be a great task. That's going to be a, a very good challenge to see where the where the Ravens are. And then you got Miami, which very well could be the number one seed on the line. So time will tell. The boys are – but the first things first, boys got the boys got the dub. Uh, I also love, side note, they played a ton of ludicrous down there in, in the stadium. I was thrilled about that. <laughs> they were they were playing some jams down there. The the vibes were high. Uh, the Ravens flock always travels well too. It 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 truly. I, I think Baltimore. When I say that the experience at M and T and the the Ravens community, Baltimore to me is one of the most impressive. I know you can say I'm biased, but come on, let's be honest. You go around and look at it. This this fan base is so passionate, and they believe the guys, and they want to see the guys. That's the whole thing, the whole Keaton Mitchell thing too. It's because people that they. The community, they they make the guy feel loved. The Ravens are all about family. That's what brought him in and the Mitchell connection. And then the fan base feeds off of that. It, it really is uh, fun to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Luda. Uh, we, maybe we need to get that video of him, of Luda coming back down from the, the rafters in Atlanta. Uh, that kind of touches with the Ravens, but what kind of dives into, we talked about Lamar Jackson and Chris Collinsworth and some of the M- other NBC um, and NBC, the, the talking heads on all the the yeah NBC, and, NBC no, but NBC, time. but ESPN, all oh, these groups right, are yeah. so high on Lamar Jackson's playmaking ability. We think that Lamar probably does more for his team than any other player, mm-hmm. but he might not be the MVP this year. But it's probably not going to be Dak Prescott after that loss to the Bills. I, I think, think we should just let brad have the floor on this one brad i think i know he's got something brad yeah you've been waiting for this because you know where we're going with it yeah i actually put in the poll uh in today's poll uh you know who should be the nfl mvp after week 15 we finally got one vote for dak prescott lamar jackson's in the lead here christian mccaffrey comes in in second big cock brock purdy is also in there uh coming down towards the bottom of the list it's got just as many votes as dak prescott does but um yeah, Dak Prescott did exactly what I thought that he was going to do. And a lot of people, and look, I'll, I'll admit this too, a lot of people not putting the, the yesterday's loss on Dak Prescott. But the fact of the matter is, is that he didn't throw one touchdown. 
and he actually threw an interception in that game. It was pretty bad uh, for for overall. The one thing that the biggest takeaway that I I will give on that game from the the Cowboys Buffalo game is that the Cowboys are. This is my bold prediction: Cowboys are going to get in the first round of the playoffs and uh, get knocked out, especially if they go up against a physical team like like the Bills or like you know the 49ers they're not going to face in the first round but like if they go up to all of the teams that the the Cowboys have lost have been to, to, to physical teams that punched them in the mouth Philly's uh, Philly did that uh, at home and and I, I think now the Cowboys are what three and three uh on the road something like that so it's it's, it's not all, good. all losses on the road they have four losses on the road sorry sorry yeah all losses on the road you're right Yep. To, so, to your point, and also Josh Allen that game. To your to your point, Josh Allen was seven of fifteen for ninety four yards. It's yeah. that they ran all over Dallas. Yes. Now I will say that that's not a recipe for the Bills to keep doing. And the only reason I say that is because the Cowboys don't have big boys up front. You look at Micah Parsons, and he's probably one of the biggest guys on on that defense. The rest of them are pretty small. The, the the Cowboys have bought in and went all in on speed and didn't do really much elsewhere. You look at a, a team like the Ravens, really anybody in the AFC North, all those defenses have big dudes that will punch you in the mouth. The Bills did the same thing. You're just not going to uh, go deep into the playoffs, in my opinion, with, with the size of, of, of that Cowboys defense. It's just not going to happen. It might not. It might not, and, and, and time's going to tell, but clearly that, that's a part for Dallas. Where everyone's talking about, can they go on the road and win? Because mm-hmm. they got spanked. They got peppered on yeah. the road again. And, and don't look now. Buffalo, Bills Mafia. Not that the Buffalo, not only could Buffalo make the playoffs, Buffalo could still win the AFC East. That might be their best chance to get in the playoffs. I know they were talking about last They have night. to beat the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Well, so it, they're going to have to have the Dolphins lose at least one more game. So they're going to be Buffalo's rooting hard for the Ravens. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. But why don't we the, – the reason why we brought up Dak in this specific case is the, the quarterbacks that people were referring to, Lamar, Brock, Dak Prescott. But I know, Brad, and I know you, Zach, believe there should be more non-quarterbacks involved in the MVP award. And I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. But even some of the other uh, – talking head specifically i believe brad at stephen a smith yeah has a specific take on who he thinks the current mvp is of the league he front runner today sir i would tell you christian mccaffrey at the particular moment i think it's a toss-up between him and lamar jackson i think it's that close that's where i'm at with it christian mccaffrey said 13 13 touchdowns run seven touchdown catches you sitting up there looking at this marshall fork in 2000 was named league mvp that season he was one of the few people that had ever done that in a single season shannon and you got oj simpson and chuck foreman both in 1975 when oj simpson finished runner-up to mvp for fran targeted where you see those kind of numbers being brought up here christian mccaffrey First, uh, rushing yards first with 1,292. Scrimmage yards first with 1,801. Total touchdowns tied for first with Monster to Miami. And rush yard per attempts, he's at four. And then I got to take into account what did Purdy look like when Christian McCaffrey was out, when Debo Samuel was out, when Trent Williams was out. And I got to say, wait a minute now, I got to look at the consistency and the amount of games they win when Christian McCaffrey, I think they only lost one damn game when he's been in the lineup 
healthy and ready to go. The fact is, I think about the impact that he's had on Purdy and on the rest of Kyle Shanahan's offense, and that's where I'm at with it. I know Lamar Jackson's been sensational. He could win it. There's no doubt about it. Last night certainly didn't hurt his chances. We saw what he's capable of doing. But right now, I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey and what he's bringing to the table, and that's what I'm looking at. Well, I, I can't say that I disagree with you, Stephen A., but I'm going to go Brock Purdy now. If, this, if there's ever a year a non-quarterback can win the award because nobody's going to have that 45, 5,000 yards like Patrick Mahomes had last year. But I got Brock Purdy. I got Brock Purdy. I just – what he's been able to do, number one in touchdown passes, number two in passing yards, number one in QBR, and he's, the, and he's on the best team in football. Here's the argument to make. When they struggled and they lost three in a row, Shannon looked at it and Debo was out and Trent Williams was out and Shannon highlighted how Brock Purdy looked ordinary at that particular yeah. juncture. That's the argument to make against Purdy for MVP. The fact that there was a cushion in this season where you were able to look at him and say, nah, he's not. he needs all of this in order for him to look the way that he looks. Now, you were saying that's not fair because anybody that loses their main weapons, they would struggle. But we were saying, wait a minute, you got to. Yeah, and for, for me personally, I, I, I agree with, which doesn't happen very often, every single thing that Stephen A. Smith said. If you, if you take certain players away, and I'm not, look, we look at Lamar Jackson, he's still putting up those numbers that he is with losing Mark Andrews, with losing you know, J.K. Dobbins at the beginning of the season with losing big-time players that would make differences on that ball club, and Lamar Jackson is still balling out and still churning out wins. I just don't see, and we've already seen it, how Brock Purdy would be in that conversation if a CMC or Debo was out because we've already seen that happen. So, again, I think Christian McCaffrey, I do agree, but belongs at the top of that list. Lamar Jackson, number two, I kind of go back and forth with that because the way that I saw Lamar Jackson playing last night was just absolutely ridiculous. If he goes, if, if he goes into San Francisco on Monday and and balls out, it's over. Lamar Jackson's the MVP, hands down. I told I we discussed this last time. I thought whoever of the quarterbacks initially, Dak, Brock, and Lamar played well down the stretch. Whoever, if they ran the table, I think that that would be the front runner for the quarterback. Now the only one outside of it, and maybe this is the game: San Francisco, Baltimore. The winner of that game very well could have the MVP in it. And I'm saying the winner of that game, so I'm not saying it could be Brock or Lamar. Christian McCaffrey could, Zach, and I know you're you're dying and chomping at the bit there. I do want to make a point here. I would be very impressed with this if this happened. If Tua can take care of the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills, it would be a hell of a run for Tua, but I don't think it's going to carry the same value of, of those guys because if I think if, if the Niners beat the Ravens, I think they're going to win out and Brock Purdy then is probably going to have a big reason behind it or it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Zach, I know here's, you both. Hold on. Here's what I'll say yeah. to this real quick. Rick Arnold said Josh Allen has 35 touchdowns as well. And I wouldn't count out Josh Allen except for the fact that he has 17 turnovers this year. Just just not. And I don't think there's ever been an MVP, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, MVP that was not on a playoff team or had a losing record, which the Bills could still have a losing record by the end of the season. I don't think that's ever happened. A lot still to be, be st still to be determined, Zach. I know you've been waiting. Uh, as a apparently known 49ers hater for thinking Christian McCaffrey should be the MVP, uh, yesterday 
I watched the 49ers game and I was specifically watching Purdy and McCaffrey. And I have to say, when you seriously sit there and watch what Purdy does in that offense, it showed me even more why Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. Because Brock Purdy, when I say this, I agree, Rip. If they win out, most likely he is the MVP. I think he is a top five MVP candidate. I do not think he is the top candidate on his team. Everything that Christian McCaffrey does for that team, and just in general, 1,800 scrimmage yards. I mean, in every facet of the game, blocking, running, and just all around receiving short routes, deep routes, anything, he can do it all. And he is the biggest playmaker, I think, in the NFL right now. You can get it to him in any way, and he is going to find a way to get in the end zone. Not to, that this really matters. His anytime touchdown bets on FanDuel are like minus 300 right now. They that you have to put three dollars down just to get a single dollar for Christian McCaffrey yeah, to score. It, like it's, he is what he is doing this year is absolutely insane. And I think it needs to be talked about more. 20 touchdowns, 1800 scrimmage yards through what 15 games. Yeah, I mean, right now you're right. The CMC death taxes and Christian McCaffrey scores a touchdown. Yeah. It's it seems like a lot. Also, who scores a lot of touchdown rock because we talked about it was Raheem Mostert's got 20, I think, on the year. Yeah. Insane, man. Nuts. Incredible. Rock, who do you got right now for MVP? I'm gonna first say uh -oh. Brad, you no, hold on. Brad, Brad brought up if a person missed out on the postseason, have they ever been MVP? There's been two times. Two times. Johnny Unitas and OJ Simpson were the was only Johnny two. Johnny Knight's post merger? Uh, he was in 67. And then OJ was in 73. I don't know why, but I thought you said Johnny United's post murder, and I was like, wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> I I initially thought that it was post murder as well. I was like, I was like, yeah, United wasn't the one dealing with that one. Well, at first I was like, is there something about United that I do not know about? <laughs> um all right, Rock. But my MVP is going to be I, – I don't know how you can't put Christian McCaffrey higher than he is right now because mm -hmm. of what he does and how valuable he is to the Niners, but you can say the same thing about Brock Purdy. Uh, I'm, tired, I'm tired of the narrative that Brock Purdy – like you, you that's, that's why Niners fans come at you because you say some absurd things about Brock Purdy. Well, what's his record without Trent Williams and uh, Debo Listen, Samuel? If Brock Purdy goes out and throws for five touchdowns against the Ravens and beats them hypothetically, is should he not be a front runner or towards the top of the list for MVP? Well, well is McCaffrey the one receiving these? Because he threw four touchdowns yesterday, but two of them were to McCaffrey. So, like that's what I'm saying. It's hard to separate these two because they're both going to feed off of how well each other plays. So that's why it's hard to honestly to name the greatness. And I am, and that's why I think that both are top five MVP candidates, and you need to appreciate the hell of a season that Christian McCaffrey is putting on. I, I agree with the great season that Christian McCaffrey is having, but with that conversation, Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson, whoever absolutely balls out in that game is, is going to be the front runner. And I'm telling you what, if Lamar Jackson can go in on Christmas and beat the 49ers, he he should be right at the top of the list. I'm I might get hate for this, and 
it's going to be weird coming from me, but I don't think Lamar Jackson is a front runner for the MVP. If he does that, you don't think he should be no, the top so of the list. If he if he beats the 49ers, then yes, I think he that's inserts, what I'm saying. Yeah, but but there are people now like when Stephen A in the clip said it's a toss up between CMC and Lamar Jackson. I I don't see that right now. And I don't think that's crazy to say right now at all. I I don't see saying. that. Well, yeah, no. So I think it's one of those things where if he goes out, I think Lamar Jackson is in this conversation because of that potential. Because he can go out and suddenly if the Ravens went out, like Rip was saying, you add, okay, they beat the 49ers. Okay, they went and they beat the Dolphins. Then they beat the Steelers, you know, week 18. I don't know if they would have the starters playing in that moment if they beat the other two. But then all of a sudden you look at Lamar's whole season and you're like this is an mvp candidate if he splits the next two i just don't see them putting him as an mvp i get it but i just think that if maybe it goes back to when we talk about when we talked in baseball in the past it was kyle bradish you know not being on the al cy young and he was the best pitcher on the best team in the american league if lamar jackson and the ravens are the number one seed it's a, a huge reason is because of lamar jackson mm-hmm and in that case, it's going to be because they would have to go beat San Francisco, beat Miami, beat Pittsburgh. If that happens, I think Lamar wins it because especially how they're playing, Lamar, this would be willing his way. The numbers might not fully reflect. He might not have those video games, those video game numbers. But if he does, he'll he win the it. video game plays. He has the video game plays. It's a great point. But here's the one thing. Last thing we'll move on. Brock Purdy has five games this year of three touchdowns or more and no picks. You can say what you want. That is absurd. He actually then, of all of this, he had a stretch of three games where, of sorry, he had a stretch of two games where he threw two picks. Every other game, he's thrown one or zero interceptions. If I do my math correctly, he has seven interceptions on the season, 29 passing touchdowns. Yes, he's got great playmakers. You can also make the point that that the 49ers block better than anybody else, too, in the NFL, including their wide receivers. They love doing it. They love doing it. Were you going to knock a guy for having playmakers, though, and getting no, the ball? No, and, and that's the point. Is it, It's not fair for that's Brock. BCB, the, Jimmy Garoppolo was not doing this. If Sam Darnold was in, Trey Lance, they would not be doing the exact thing. BCB is killing it. He's crushing it. And quite frankly, the, the 49ers, if he's not playing – you can't, in my opinion, you can't plug it in, and they're not the favorite to me to go to the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy goes down. You're going to make Ryan Ripken shows BCB for MVP? <laughs> uh, we could. I might might pull out or Lamar Jackson get the Baby Yoda shirt back out because that thing go. was fire from go. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The good graces with the fan base. And that was, well, I mean, also that shirt was electric. That was the last time the Ravens yeah. had the number one seed, and I know they want to rewrite the script on that. But that was one thing around the NFL otherwise. Wait, so he only had two games with that with – Two interceptions? Correct. Those were the two games that Debo missed, by the way. <laughs> I just looked it up. I wasn't going to say it. Yeah. So just putting that out there. When his weapons aren't there, he has his worst games. So as we were moving on. Wow. So that's just that's just foul. Uh, that's just foul. I will I, will, I, ho- I, I hope, will I die hope. on this hill that Christian McCaffrey needs to be the MVP. That's fine. I, yeah. I, CMC could definitely be the MVP, but I want Brock Purdy to eventually come on here, and I want you to tell him why you don't think he's good enough. Why Why I think he's only a top three MVP candidate instead of top two. Yeah. Yeah, that's an insult. Yeah, I know. That's the first time I'm I think I've heard you Niners say top hater. three. You are. 
I'm a huge Niners hater, apparently. All right. Hey, uh, let's go around the NFL here and let's get out of here in a second. But the first thing uh, that we want to go around the NFL, Joe Flacco is still elite. I did think he was a double agent for a second, though, because he was throwing some great balls to the Bears. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they were right to him. And I thought maybe Joe still has it for Baltimore. But then Joe had some vintage Joe moments, pulled uh, an unbelievable comeback. And here's this dime throw to Amari Cooper, this big touchdown, tied the game up. And then Joe Flacco leads a, a game-winning drive for them to come from behind, steal the game from Chicago, even though Chicago almost had that Hail Mary at the end. And I mean, almost had it. But Joe Flacco gets another win in the Browns. Is it just destiny, guys? Are, are the Ravens just going to play the Browns yeah. in, in yeah. the playoffs? Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. it is. Just, also, I do want to point out quickly, uh, it's 2023 and LeBron James shout out Joe Flacco. So, like, that is... Also, not crazy. something, yeah, not something I saw three weeks ago happening this season. Let's talk about a weird NFL season. We're week fifteen. We got LeBron James putting Flacco highlights out there. Yeah, you know, and a shout is out. A, is he a Browns fan or a Cowboys fan or both? LeBron James. Yes, He's from from Ohio, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he do, he does. He like just kind of if he yeah. if they're winning, yeah, that's fair. Just a kid from Akron. The the um. You know, the other part of it, not that it is, but I've had many other uh, people tell me just how they thought as far as Joe Flacco's looks, you know, they're like, oh, Joe's aging with wine. Like they like the great like, for, for the press conference, like, man, Joe's a stud on, on and off the field. I'm like, whoa, hey, now, like, I, I get it. He I mean, he is. But they, people are like liking the gray hair. I mean, how, how do you not root for Joe? People will never understand how elite, ugly Flacco was when Flacco was like, ugly ugly before he somehow turned That's it around <laughs> and because he went from the foo i'm talking the foo manchu chubby cheeks flacco before he the that, unibrow yeah that was joe like if you didn't love him at ugly joe flacco just winning mvps then you can't love him when he beat tom brady for most handsome player in the nfl like four years later which is one <laughs> of the greatest glow-ups of all time i will say that alone should get you on the hall it might, it, it might, but I'm just gonna. Fu Manchu to beating Tom Brady for most handsome NFL player. Get you a quarterback that can do both. Can't can't make it up, but just Ravens fans prepare. It's gonna be Ravens Browns in AFC Baltimore. Team. It's gonna be Ravens Browns in Baltimore. <laughs> no. And man, no, we it, we all know about January, Joe. Are any other around the NFL that you guys wanted to dive into? Show of hands. Anybody have a thought, concern? No, I think we kind of got everything that we talked about Flacco, talked about CMC should be the MVP. Good. Dax shouldn't be. Good. Sad about Keaton Mitchell. Rocco, I haven't seen you concentrate that hard in just ever. thinking. Oh, I'm just thinking. I'm deep into thought. There it is. See, like that, but that's peak. I, I wish I could no, pull that off. I, I, hold up. I got to find like I wish I could. No, no. You know, we, 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 Brad had that up, but I wish I could pull that off. I could not do it. You guys have seen my facial hair photos. They were terrible. They were so bad. Joe did bring up, though, uh, while we're looking at some of these photos, Steelers losing to the Colts. They got more wins before they fired Matt Canada. They have now lost. They lost two games to teams that uh, were two of the worst teams in the Cardinals and the Patriots record-wise. Then they lose to the Colts, which the Colts are playing well. And how about this, guys? Maybe we just we end with this part. The, the post. What? 
Steelers are out of the postseason. Well, they're out of they're out they're out of the postseason there, but the AFC South, it's a three-way race now. The Jaguars, the Texans, and the Colts are all tied at eight and six. How about this? I, I would not would have thought about that, thought that. But the other thing is too, midway through the the season, a lot of people out there kind of like John at the AFC North because oh, it wasn't good. And uh, everybody thought that they were just going to be dominant. But three of the four AFC North teams are still in the playoff, are still in contention for the playoffs. And, and in fact, if the season ended today, three of them would be in it. Browns and uh, the, the Bengals would take the wild card spots. And obviously the Ravens are the number one seed. So pretty crazy that, you know, even through all the injuries, all the craziness, Joe Burrow's not playing, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's not playing, but still. The, the the Browns have the, the probably number one, number two best defense in the league. And uh, the Bengals are somehow finding ways to win with Jake Browning. I mean, the AFC North is still just the AFC North, and it's kind of crazy to see how it's unfolding going down here in the home stretch of the season. Yeah, who would have thought that the Bengals, uh, with the quarterback with the initials JB, you would are, are now looking like they're going to be a potential playoff team, and it's not Joe Burrow. You know, that is, it's wild. Jake Brown, an awesome story for him. Um, <laughs> the, oh, there it is. There's what <laughs> I'm talking about. Brown. And what's even better is this is on a <laughs> Russell Street report of when he won the most handsome man. Are you serious? That's yeah. amazing. NFL's Russell well, Street, well done. Yeah. No, well and, done. It, and it goes through all of his just oh, glow up. It's beautiful. Wait, go, to, go back down. What, that's that. The, oh, my God. No, the Delaware picture. Yeah, no, they. Uh, that right <laughs> Anthony Davis unibrow. Yeah, you're you're coming up on that kind of territory with that thing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like that was one of the greatest glow ups of all time, Good and no him. one talks about it enough. It gives me hope. It, it, well, you can clear. Well, you can clean yourself up if you want. Yeah, you know, AFC, maybe AFC North, by the way, the only division in football where a team doesn't have a losing record, and it's not even close. Yeah, not even close. Yeah. It's like, like, look at all the other divisions. Look at the standings top to bottom, and it's crazy. It, it's been the, the AFC North. It's been the most, you know, it's been one of the most competitive divisions Three year after four year. backup quarterbacks, too, are currently playing. Like, uh, what I'm saying is three of the teams are down mm-hmm. their starting court. It's like what, what you just said, the JB thing, and then you have Flacco, and then you now have Mason Rudolph. Woo. Yeah. Everyone's really excited there. I safe yeah. to say, I think the the energy in Pittsburgh is slowly deflating, deflating. Oh, we'll we'll deflating talk about it more. Worse than a Patriots football. It whoa, whoa hey no, hey hey no. oh maybe a good way to get out of here. Well, hey for everyone that tuned in, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it was fun tonight. We had uh, I think Record we figured night. out yeah, I think we figured out Instagram Live. We're getting there. Uh, if you are new to the channel, as always, please hit that like and subscribe button. Big Mike, if you're still on, I will tell the hot dog story next time. <laughs> uh, and there will be a lot of judgment, but hey, you know what? We're, we're it's a judge free zone in here, right, guys? No, nope. I judge so much. In yep, here. they do. Okay, well, thank you guys as always. We will be back on Thursday before the holidays to talk about um, another episode of topics. But until then, you guys have a great rest of your Monday night, and we will see you for episode 39 of the Ryan Ripkin Show.